The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Hello and welcome to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster and I am joined today by two lovely people. One of them is Lynn Ireland. She is the CEO of Riverside Industries in East Hampton. And the other is Marcus Jones, who is the Senior Director of Development and Strategic Operations for Riverside Industries as well. Welcome. Hello. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I'm so excited to have you both. This is actually Riverside's second tour on the on the show. Um, I don't know if you listened to Susan's previous um, episode, but um, we had fun and we talked about um, the event the last time with her and about development and Riverside. So I'm excited to have you both on because neither of you were there. Right. Yeah. Employed at Riverside when exactly. when she was on. So it's a totally new crew. New crew. <laughs> That's right. But a hundred, but not a hundred, but 55 year old institution. Yes. Yeah. So Lynn, do you want to talk a little bit about how you landed at Riverside and oh, where I'd you're from? To. Yes. So uh, I, I just got really lucky is how I landed at Riverside. Let me tell you, <laughs> <laughs> I started working with Riverside back in my health New England days and we used Riverside to do pr production and fulfillment for us when we had uh, brought on government programs, which was a new and different thing for us. Um, back in that day. And I learned about Riverside and what they could do. And I was in charge of marketing. So I moved over and brought everything to Riverside. So I had a really nice opportunity to get to know what the organization did. Um, it wasn't until, I want to say August of 21, I got a call from a recruiter saying, we've got the job for you. <laughs> and I was dun, like, dun, well, dun. I'm the COO at that point at Sisters of Providence Ministry Corporation, and loving that role, loving working with the sisters, learning a lot, and um, thought, well, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure I'm really looking to move. I'd only been there two and a half years. So um, long story short, they said, what is the harm in coming to talk to us about it? Well, as soon as I talked to them about it, I was sold. And uh, the next thing you know, Five interviews later. Um, <laughs> Five. Wow. That's a lot. I started. It was That's quite a, lot. a few. That's a lot of um, interviews. Well, I think the unique thing about Riverside is, and Marcus can speak to this as being brand new. Five is, interviews? Not quite five. Not quite but five. But several, yeah. But several. <laughs> um, is we have a really unique culture that we hold very precious to us. We have very, very collaborative, very respectful um, very high energy, uh, very supportive environment from our, you know, DSPs, our direct support professionals, right up through me and our board. And it's really important we find the right fit, right? So it has to be um, really a goal of wanting to work in your area of passion. Um, and so that's what really looking for people with heart that really care about this population and want to see the world a better place for them. And sometimes that takes a few interviews, right? To figure that out and really yes. make sure that it's the right fit. This I might even, be a good moment to clarify what Riverside Industries does and is all about rather yeah. than it's just its new uh, people that are at the helm there, right? Well, yeah. that's, a, that's a great point. Um, so Riverside as you said earlier, has been around for 55 years. And, and since its inception was, um, was an organization that has provided services for individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities. I think the founding story is really kind of interesting. It, it was around the time that the state 
was still involved in institutionalizing people who had intellectual and developmental disabilities. And some of their family members and their minister here in town said, you know what, we can do better. We can treat people with more dignity. We can treat people with more compassion. These are our family members. We want something better for them. And so thus Riverside Industries was born and was really born um, out of this notion of uh, what we call a sheltered workshop and, you know, providing a space for those clients to come in and, and work and feel the, uh, the fulfillment and the joy of having a job, getting a paycheck and learning skills uh, and then being productive in society. And so was Riverside always at one Ferry Street in beautiful downtown East Hampton? One Cottage Street. One Cottage Street. Uh, Yeah, yeah. We're on the corner there of Cottage and Union. And no, we've we've had several locations. Um, Our our location that we're in now, we've been there since 1976. 72. Oh, excuse me, 72. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm still new, so I'm learning. I, I'm like, he's doing awesome. I'm like, wow, I couldn't have said that better. They well, clearly I was thinking about the other great building on the other side of town at right. One Ferry, Mike Michon's property. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They clearly should have had more interviews with me before I was brought on. But anyway, um, yeah, so we've we've been there for a while. It, it's interesting. I, I just last week talked to someone, because uh, we have rented space in, in the building. We rent to this community of artists and um, in addition to the services that we provide. And one of the artists has been there since the beginning. So 44 years and has been involved with Riverside as a volunteer that whole time. It's amazing. Would you like to say what the name of the artist is? Um, Silas Koff? Yeah, absolutely. Who is one of the premier marquetry (laughs) artists in the country. It's small joined woodworking. He's been Yes. Displayed by the Smithsonian and all sorts of other things. He's a fantastic artist and a and huge advocate for Riverside Industries. Massive advocate for Riverside Industries. As a matter of fact, he's been on our board for 10 years. He was uh, he had served, um, I think, three multiple year and then was asked with the transition from Shar to me to stay on for another year and agreed to stay on for another year. Uh, so he has been a longtime supporter and really loves what Riverside does, both on the artisan community piece and also what we do with our clients. As well as fundraising, as he's the auctioneer for the Riverside yes. auction. Yes, he is. And he uh, has the best outfit. He does. Do you know that in the last one, he actually, because of the auction, he jumped out of an airplane? The, one of the auction items was <laughs> to to basically donate money to see Silas jump out of an airplane. Wow! No. And he did it, and it, he and they filmed it. Um, yes, unbelievable. Oh, what that is amazing. That's a level of commitment. Yes. I, I, I yeah, can't even understand. I, I can't either. But he did share with Marcus that that's his next job. Is he has to jump out of a plane. <laughs> I thought you were going to say auctioneer. That seems a lot more low stakes. (laughs) No, no. (laughs) I should have read the job description more clearly. But it's interesting that you were saying where we started because a lot of people say, so why Riverside Industries? How how did you get that name? And so uh, Riverside at one time was in Brassworks Building in Northampton. And so, um, and it was right by Brassworks is the river. So that's how they got their name. That's how it became Riverside Industries. And it was sheltered workshops, which we worked with industries like Milton Bradley and um, multiple companies like that, that we did jobs in the workshop and produced for these companies. So 
That's amazing. And you still do that to this day, right? You still have some programming that you do for larger companies, fulfillment and things like that, right? Yes. We have a very large, what a lot of people don't realize because they know that we do our community-based day support services where we have clients come in and uh, we integrate them in the community. We do job skills. We have our employment services where we have contracts with University of Massachusetts, Amherst College, Westfield State University, uh, Pelican, and then multiple um, individual placements as well with uh, grocery store chains, retail chains. Uh, But we have a whole production and fulfillment department where we do everything from soup to nuts. So one of our big clients is Scout Curated Wares, and we we do all of their Uh, warehousing of all their product. We do all the assembly of all their product. We do all the shipping of their product. We fulfill every order from their catalog, online orders, as well as Amazon and manage all the returns. And then we do something as small as uh, for Berry Plastics. And they'll bring us parts and they'll say, you know, some of these parts aren't measuring the right width. And we have to measure the measure that part and then put the ones that don't meet in a different separated area. So it can be one component of a process or it can be soup to nuts. And uh, we have about a half a dozen organizations that we do work for today. And we just got a new one, VSS, joined us. So Uh, And then that is a really, truly integrated workplace, which is really exciting. When you go down there, you see the clients working side by side with regular employees, and they are earning the same wage and doing the same work. And um, that's really the goal of of our employment program is getting people integrated into various work sites, doing things that they love to do and have developed skill at doing. And for people that don't know, Laura Fisher-DeWitt is the owner of Scout Curated Wares, and she lives in the area with her family. And Scout is just a beautiful jewelry line. It's um, and they're fabulous. branching into new things like sun catchers. Yes. And I'm excited for the ho- more home goods to be launching out of um, that. And she is so supportive of us. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a great partnership. Yep. I love, too, that she gives back 10% to women and girl initiatives as well for nonprofits. So. And she also just... gives a lot to Riverside Industries. Um, you know, why we do work for her, she's very, uh, very philanthropic with us as an organization as well. That's amazing. Well, here we are. We're already at our first break, so we're going to take it. Um, This is Tara Brewster, and you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. Today I'm speaking with Lynn Ireland, who's the CEO of Riverside Industries in East Hampton, and Marcus Jones, who is the Senior Director of Development and Strategic Operations. It's a long one. It's a mouthful. But I'm glad you're here. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm here today with Lynn Ireland, who is the CEO of Riverside Industries, and Marcus Jones, who is the Senior Director of Development and Strategic Operations. We have to come up with an acronym for that, I think. <laughs> hmm. Maybe yeah. we can do that here live on air. Yeah, hopefully Monty's doing it right <laughs> Senior now. Senior Director of Development. S-O. S-D-D-S-O. S-D-D-S-O. Great. We're going to come up with a new title. We need a badge. Okay. You do that while we're (laughs) over here. (laughs) Um, So, you know, I I just, I love talking about Riverside, talking about your culture. There are so many things that you do. I mean, is there a hierarchy of priority that you focus on? Um, You know, does one thing sort of supersede the other? How do you 
figure your day or your strategic outline for the year. I mean, every time I think about Riverside, I think about all of these moving parts and pieces and I just get super overwhelmed. So yeah. help me calm down. Yeah. I, I, I want to <laughs> let Lynn talk more about how we prioritize those initiatives. But yeah, just to, to follow up on that. I mean, it, it's the complexity of the organization. I mean, if you think about it, it's a fully evolved nonprofit that is leaning on lots of different services, lots of different um, service lines, and lots of different sources of revenue to keep itself going. Um, it's a perfect situation. Um, you know, if you think about the building itself with the artisan community and the tenants that we have, um, you know, there was a cafe prior to Katrina that we operated. Savannah's? Correct. Savannah's Cafe? Yeah. Yeah. Correct. No more? It's still there, but we're, <laughs> we're we're working on that. Every time I ask about Savannah's Cafe, I never get a straight answer from either of you, so I'm just putting it out there. More to come. Okay. Um, you know, there was, uh, you know, gardening, lawn care, um, you know, all of our employment um, partnerships. You're right. There's a lot happening. And, you know, the, I guess the question of the day is, how do you, how do you choose what has priority? Yeah, so we are... Um, you know, our, our major goal right now that supersedes everything from priority is bringing our clients back. And so what that really requires is we need to get our staffing back up to where it was pre-pandemic. We have about 135 employees today, which is great, but we had over 200 employees before the pandemic. Um, we have with us about 150 clients. We had almost 200 clients pre um, the pandemic. And we had services like the cafe where we had lunch and, and uh, breakfast and coffee. And it was really kind of the heart and soul of One Cottage Street. And we had a lawn crew that went out and did all kinds of private lawns, public um, contracts we had here in East Hampton, which was great for our clients to be out there and uh, learning and perfecting skills that they could actually use outside of Riverside as well. Um, so we are really focused on getting staffing and then getting all of the services back into place. But we do have a growth um, area that we're really interested in. And uh, most people don't know we even do this, but we have what we call a pre-employment training program. And we go into the high schools and we work with any, any student that has an IEP can participate in this program. We're at East Hampton High School, Northampton High School, Hampshire Educational Collaborative, White Oak, and recently we're given uh, the contract for the Neary School. And we work with students from the ages of 14, and students with um, some disabilities can stay in high school up until the age of 22, where then they transition. But we work to help those students learn about the world of work. What's out there? What might their skills be? What are they excited about? What interests them? And we teach them about how to put a resume together. How do you interview? How do you ask questions? What, how, how do you dress for the job? How do you show up? How do you, you know, all the things that actually I wish my teenagers had at that time because it would have been really I'm helpful. I'm actually hoping that I can enroll. It's awesome, right? <laughs> and then we actually do internships with them where they receive a stipend. Uh, so they actually get to try out an area that they're really interested in. And we partner with all kinds of employers across the valley in order to find the, oppor the uh, opportune uh, position for these different uh, students. And we literally are in there during the school day teaching courses. Um, so we're really excited about that program, and we really believe it has value for any 
young person who's looking for a job, everybody could use help with interview skills, resume writing skills, and kind of the rules of the road of how you act and, and how you behave and what's expected of you as an employee. Yeah. So, I'm... so for anybody keeping score at home about the demographics of the population we serve, that's <laughs> age 14. And then I know that we have a client who is in his 70s who mm -hmm. has been with us since nearly the beginning. Yeah. Um, that's, that's quite a span. Yeah, that yeah. is quite a span. Yeah. If you ever need anyone to come in and do like a cameo appearance for <laughs> all of the different roles you might have in your life and <laughs> why you should not burn bridges early, yeah. I'm happy to have that conversation. Right. Too. Right. Yeah. I, it's, it's just a really, it's a very robust program. Um, we have, we have virtual programs that we engage the students in. We actually have this program called Connect. And uh, a number of employers participate in this program across the country. And so let's say I'm a student and I'm really interested in working with animals. They can coordinate an online interview or, you know, practice interview with somebody from ASPCA. So I can learn more about what that organization is all about, get interview practice, and they can do that with almost any any profession. That's amazing. Yeah, I didn't know that you were doing youth-based high school programming. Um, yeah. and, and so the population that we serve from that is much more broad mm -hmm. than individuals with intellectual and developmental disabilities, because it could just be, um, we have a number of students with learning disabilities. They might be dyslexic, or um, and they don't have a developmental or an intellectual disability, but they qualify for the program, and it's a really great program. Um, I don't know if you work with the Vogue schools at all, but I just did a tour of Smith Vogue last week, and I was blown away. Um, Andy, Dr. Lincoln Hoger, um, took us around, and it was very impressed with all of the yeah different programs they have going on, whether it's um, the mechanics or their, the cosmetology or the food, um, you know, that you could mm -hmm. even do like a partnership. I'm thinking yeah. to bring the restaurant back well, to Savannah's, yeah. we but have thought animal about, husbandry, yeah. Yeah, we have really thought about, could we partner with someone to bring, to get the cafe back yeah. going? Um, but the, the wonderful part of having that cafe is so the individuals that we serve that are interested in food service, absolutely, we could have them there and you know they're making, they're yeah you know making a wage yeah I mean earning back money. in the day I used to bring people into the cafe to yeah. have business lunches exactly there, it's such so. a low impact entry point into the things that that we do yeah uh, I I can't wait to get it open again and, yeah. and to invite the community back in well I had a very lovely lunch at the Oliver Smith restaurant on Smith Folk property the other day very nice it was really good. If oh. you want to see Brian Lapis, 22 News Storm Team Meteorologist, <laughs> yeah, in the wild, <laughs> that's the best yeah, place to try to find him. He's a regular. Did I see Scott He's Cohen walk by? Scott Cohen is here. I thought here, I recognized Scott Cohen. That's a good place to find him, here. <laughs> Brian Lapis. Not here. Oliver Smith's you know, restaurant yeah. at Smith. Well, maybe that's a potential connection we can make. Who I, knows? I can't wait for Tara for you to be a regular back at oh, our cafe I again. Oh, I will be so excited. That, it's one I of the reasons goal. why I didn't take an office in any bank branch, so I could have offices out in the community. and. No. I have a goal. Show my face yeah. elsewhere. Yeah. Tara Brewster and I had yeah. coffee there one time. Do you remember that? No. no. Yeah, we did. Back when I was on the fundraising committee Legit. for your uh, 50th anniversary. <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Industry. Oh, okay. was it the sunflowers? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't. Oh, good for mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you. You're yeah. welcome. <laughs> this seems like so long ago. It was five years ago. <laughs> like, you said it was yeah. five. 
I was like, oh my God, yeah. five oh years ago. It's been a long, you think about it, we're entering the third year of the pandemic. Yeah. The pandemic's been the longest 10 years of my life. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It really has. Definitely. Exactly. So Marcus, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Oh gosh. And how you landed here. Oh, is it the accent? Did oh yeah. You, did you pick up on the accent? <laughs> Texas. Mississippi. Ooh. Mm, it's a different brand of Southern. Um, yeah, I, I, came, I came here nine years ago. And said, uh, my wife and I said, yeah, we'll, we'll give it two years and reevaluate. And uh, that was nine years ago and two kids later. And we love the valley. We love the people that we uh, have found and the community that we've fallen into. Um, and, you know, I've been a professional fundraiser my whole career, literally. And, you know, ever since the beginning, that first experience managing volunteers and raising money after Hurricane Katrina rebuilding my home state in Mississippi, you know, I, I, I understood. It was like uh, an aha moment. Oh, this is what philanthropy is. This is what it means to, to work in support of a really, truly transformative mission. And so I've been searching for that my whole career, trying to find that spark again. And honestly, I feel like Riverside has that. You know, we're at that pivotal moment in the organization's history. Our, our work is too important. You know, imagine a life, imagine a world where Riverside doesn't exist. Where would our clients go? What would they do? Um, you know, so it, it's it's important work. It's fulfilling work. Um, so, yeah, that's that's how I got where I am. <laughs> <laughs> and we are very happy to have him. Yeah, I, I'm hoping for big things from you, Marcus Jones. Me too. Yeah. Um, all right, well, it's time for another break, so we're going to take it. And um, Monty... I have an, a new title for you, Marcus Jones. Yes. You are the Senior Technical Urban Director of Development Initiatives, Strategies, and Coordinated Operations, which is Stud Disco. Book it. <laughs> put it on the website. We'll have to get Print. some new cards printed. Cards. Like big business cards. Stud Disco. <laughs> or maybe we could change it around. Maybe we'll get a QR code dis for him. Disco Stud is better. Will that be the title of this uh, segment? Stud Disco. Well, okay. Mon Monty's the one to talk to about that. <laughs> and um, not, not to forget Lynn Ireland, who is the CEO <laughs> of Riverside Industries. I'm just going to stick yeah, with that I CEO. Would, I would, because yeah. you don't know what you're going to come no, up with. You no, know. You let I can work on it, it if you so want. <laughs> That's okay. Why don't you? We're CEO, good. There you okay. go. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see what you come up with. All right. Uh, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here with Lynn Ireland, who is the CEO of Riverside Industries, and Marcus Jones, who is the... Stud Disco. I think we could go Disco Stud. Disco Development stud. Initiative <laughs> Strategies and Coordinated Operations, Senior Technical Urban Director, Disco Stud. Either way. Either way. Either way we'll yeah. present that to the board. Yeah, next exactly. Week. We'll have to get some sign offs. <laughs> we'll have to on get final approval. It. It's a good working title. <laughs> never give up. Goonies never say die. Um, all right. So we've been talking about. Riverside in the community, Riverside in the building, all of the different things that you're strategizing about and really focusing on um, over the 55 years that you've been uh, in existence. And, you know, some of my favorite people are Riverside people. Um, from when I used to own a business, Jackson and Connor and Thorns, we did the Best Buddies fashion show. And Riverside had a lot of crossover um, 
clients with best buddies. And so I got to intimately um, work with a lot of them and just watch them really shine in their model, their supermodel work. Cover girl. Work it, girl. Wouldn't be a Western Mass business show. Terribly short and singing. But one of my most favorite um, Riverside clients is Adam Goodwin. Yes. And so Adam was going to be here today uh, on Skype with us, and I'm so bummed that he is not feeling well. Yeah. Um, because I'm like, you know, making little heart things with my hands right now, <laughs> thinking about Adam. He was so excited. He, um, I'm sure he's here with us in spirit, uh, but yeah, he's not feeling well. So we're sending you uh, lots of positive vibes, my friend. Yeah. Feel better soon, Adam. Yeah, for sure. So Adam works at UMass. So can we talk a little bit about Adam and what he's doing and his growth? And Should we, should we talk about Adam or the Juice King? I don't know. I think <laughs> if you're the disco stud, we should yeah, be the talk juice about king. the Juice oh, King. You need to tell Adam that we crowned you yeah. disco the disco stud. stud on the radio oh show. And that perhaps He'll never live this down. I apologize. <laughs> it's name. way too late for that, Monty. <laughs> I don't know. I think you just leveled up. You just leveled up. Adam's so, going to be a little bit upset, yeah. I think. We'll have a lot to talk about when we get back to the office. Yeah, sure. Adam, <laughs> Adam recently Adam. Uh, got a new nickname. He's the Juice King, uh, as his friends at work refer to him. Uh, I still have yet to get the straight story on, on why he's the Juice King. But isn't it just perfect, a perfect illustration of like that camaraderie at work? You know, like you love going to work because you have these friends at, at work. Um, I, I think it's just... It's perfect. And and you can see it in his face when you go to the cafe in the morning before he heads off to, to work and, you know, you give him a fist bump. Adam, you ready for work this morning? Are you excited? All right, Juice King, have a good time. <laughs> you know, it, that it's it's really special. And so he started off at UMass as a server. Uh, actually, I think he was um, he didn't start as a server. I think he had been, he's, he's been promoted. So he's now a server, Correct. but he was not formerly a server. So he's right. working his way up, which also gives someone such great feelings of positivity and personal self-worth. Achievement. Yeah, yeah, personal absolutely. achievement. Absolutely. Um, he's getting nicknames. He's out, he's out in the world <laughs> doing good things, earning money. Learning new I mean, skills. Yeah. yeah, it's, that's amazing. And I think that's a testament to Riverside. Yeah, he's a really, um, he's a really great client. He's a great worker. And what a lot of our employers will say is our workers often outperform their workers because they show up. They're there. They don't call out sick. So it, this is very rare for Adam to be sick right now. Yeah. Um, they, they're there, and they're very productive, and often their quality is much higher. Um, so they they love going to work. They want to be at work, you know. And, um, you know, it's not I have to go to work. Like so many of us are, oh, I have to go to work. Oh, yeah. We're all like, we get to go to work. Yeah. It's an exciting thing that we look forward to because we're going to see our peers. We're going to have interaction, social interaction, which is so important for all of us. And Monty, I think, has a special social interaction story with Adam. Yeah, you know Adam. <laughs> I know Adam. It's so great. It's years ago, even longer than when I was on your fundraising committee five years ago. It must have been 10 or more years ago. Adam was uh, wanting to host his own version of Wheel of Fortune, Wow, where he was going to be Pat Sajak <laughs> at the Eric Carle Museum. 
And I was asked to be one of the contestants. I was not asked to be Vanna White. And uh, <laughs> he and other people created this giant Wheel of Fortune wheel. And we like, played a version of Wheel of Fortune as a fundraiser for Riverside Industries. Gosh. And it was all his idea. It was his like, dream come I mean, true. What creativity. To make it happen. And I just saw him a couple weeks ago. And he came up to me and he's like, I got another idea for yeah. like an even better <laughs> wheel. Well, <laughs> disco fever over here. Yeah. Disco stud. <laughs> We'll work with the Juice King <laughs> to bring us a to new make game the wheel show. of fortune happen again. I'm feeling like a dance off. R S T L N E. We have to come up with a title for him that use those. Those are the letters that you get with Wheel of Fortune. Like yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Anyway, the last panel. The last one. Joe always have real to pick those. Right? We're getting real deep. <laughs> Buy a vowel. I, I can't wait till he listens to this though. Yeah. He's gonna yeah. totally love it. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. We miss you, buddy. Yeah. Totally. We do miss you. But you know, Adam is—he's one of lots of stories. We have such great client stories. Yeah. You know, I said earlier about the client who's been with us since the '70s. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I recently discovered the house manager from that client's first group home back when Riverside had a residential program and brought the house manager in for a tour of the building and they reconnected after so many years. You know, they're both in their 70s now and, you know, they did, neither one of them expected to see the other. And, you know, they pulled their masks down because we were still masking in all of our spaces mm-hmm. in the building at that point. And when they saw each other, to, to see the look on their faces and hear the, hear the client say, oh, my gosh, look how old you are now. <laughs> and they gave each other this big, warm hug, and it was like, ugh. Well, actually, it was the client that told <laughs> our former housing director, oh, my gosh, look how old you got. Yeah. <laughs> Did you run to go get a mirror? <laughs> we did not. But, you know, the fact that they remembered each other all these years later. Um, is is incredible. This particular client that um, Marcus is talking about has been with us since, I want to say, 1972 when we moved into that building. Yeah. And I'm, I'm on a personal storytelling mission. Uh, <laughs> there, is, there is no shame in my game here. Um, <laughs> since I landed at Riverside, what, five weeks ago? I know that there's good stories out there. I know that these stories exist. I want to pull them out of the universe, and I want to tell them wherever I can. And, you know, Adam's story is one, but but there's others. And it's not just client stories. It's stories of our donors and our mm-hmm. volunteers and the things that they've done, the creativity that they've yeah. that they've used to, to support the organization. And our staff. Yeah, absolutely. You know, without our staff, they're really the heart and soul of the entire organization. Without them, nothing happens every day, right? So those just direct support professionals are really key to the experience that our clients have, the experience that our community has, um, and their own experience. So it's really, a, it's a very fulfilling job. It's a very demanding job, but it's one that they bring their heart, heart with them every day. Are you having a hard time filling a lot of those roles now due to COVID? I know that that was one job that was just really, yeah, um, just, we really are. It was tough. Um, I, you know, there was there's a workforce crisis out there. Yeah, right. But it really just highlighted we we were never in the history of Riverside as most nonprofits ever fully staffed at any given time, and so this workforce crisis has really just highlighted it, and it's created a really difficult scenario for Health and Human Service organizations like us, given that with our contracts, we have a rate that we can 
that we work with, and our rate allows us to pay our employees sixteen seventy nine an hour. That's really hard to compete with Amazon that pays eighteen dollars an hour, Target that's paying twenty four dollars an hour, um, Dunkin' Donuts that someone's paying eighteen to twenty dollars an hour to start, and sign on bonuses. Uh, it makes it really difficult because those jobs relatively are, you know, in comparison to a, a direct support professional are much easier. A direct support professional, you've got someone oh, yeah, who you, you are to working to educate, yeah. you're training skills, mm -hmm. you're trying, you're bringing them out into the community, you're doing volunteer and, work, yeah, behavior management, yeah. you may be doing some direct um, personal care. It's a very demanding job. And, um, you know, we, we can't just raise our prices so that we can pay more. So we've been advocating um, very strongly along with our um, trade organizations, the Providers Council, uh, the ARC of Massachusetts, uh, ADDP, to really look at how can we get additional dollars for direct support professionals. And the Economic Development Bill, um, we have had tremendous support from many of our local legislators, Representative Carey, um, Representative Sabadosa, Senator Comerford, uh, Senator Velas, Representative Finn, Senator Gomez, <laughs> the list goes on. Yeah. They're all really amazing and very supportive and have come out and seen Riverside. And they're really fighting for um, passing the additional dollars in the economic development bill that would be passed directly on to direct support professionals to increase their rate of pay and make it more competitive. So we're really, we're really hopeful for that. And then we're looking at the new administration coming in because our Secretary of Health and Human Services will be leaving when Governor Baker leaves. And so there'll be a new secretary appointed by the new governor. And uh, we're looking forward to creating a new partnership and really relooking at Chapter 257, which is what sets the rates, to see if we can't look at that methodology and bring it to current. It's a lot. It's a lot. I mean, even like thinking about all of this on top of all of the things that you're already doing just for your yep. agency, not for, you know, a labor wide conversation and, a, um, yeah. you know, workforce wide conversation. I mean, it's it's a lot of and stuff. And if you think about it, if we don't fund right social services, social services is a safety net for all of our communities. If we don't fund those, we are going to see homelessness increase. We're going to see behavior issues increase. That results in increased hospitalizations and illness because things aren't being managed appropriately, increased incarceration. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I always, you know, one of my big points is we're going to pay it's just what bucket is it going to come out of? Um, is it going to come out of the medical side? Is it going to come out of the um, incarceration, you know, court side? Mm -hmm. Is it going to come out of social services? And social services is a much less expensive uh, support than any of the other options. So and much we, more heart-centered. And much more heart-centered. Yeah. And really, when you think about it, if you're a parent of someone who has a, a disability, an intellectual or developmental disability, or um, on the autism spectrum, your biggest worry is who's going to care for my child when I'm gone? Mm -hmm. And that's what we're here for. We're here to make sure that that child has a robust experience, right? Our our whole purpose and mission is to empower individuals with disabilities to live rich and full lives. And 
why we originally focused on intellectual and developmental disabilities. It's really any, any disability on the spectrum uh, that we're here for. So we want to give those parents an, you know, a sigh of relief that somebody is there who, who loves my uh, child as much as I do. Because if you talk to our staff and you ask, why do you stay here? It's because every one of them says, because I love my clients. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm so glad that you're here. And that was really beautiful. So we need to take another break. Um, you've been listening to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster. I'm here today with Lynn Ireland, who is the CEO of Riverside Industries, and Marcus Jones, who is the Senior Director of Development and Strategic Operations for Riverside. We'll be right back. The Western Mass Business Show with Tara Brewster, WHMP. Welcome back to the Western Mass Business Show. I'm Tara Brewster, and I'm joined today by Marcus Jones, who's a Senior Director of Development and Strategic Operations for Riverside Industries, and Lynn Ireland, who is the CEO of Riverside, or RSI. As Monty was saying, um, you couldn't hear him because we were not on, <laughs> but um, WRSI. And is 93 RSI, nine the river, right? But yeah, very similar, distant yeah. cousins. I love maybe. watching the vans and yes. thinking, like, I'm happy to be associated with uh Riverside Industries and RSI, yeah. Thank and you. so, you know, Lynn, you were just saying um, things so eloquently in the last segment about the funding and the care and concern and the state legislators. I mean, we have such great legislators in Western Massachusetts. I mean, time and time again, I'm, I speak with nonprofits and businesses and the advocacy and the attention and just the time and love that they give to us. I mean, it's so incredible. thankful. It's incredible. They are the most supportive group of legislators. Um, and the, the really other interesting and exciting thing about this particular group of legislators is the camaraderie and support among them. It's really, really great to see. Yeah. We are, we are very lucky. And also, I loved what you were saying about the parents. Um, I have a best buddy who I've had since 2007, um, and she is currently in a group home in Amherst that she does not like. Um, but because her parents are aging and because she is almost 40 years old, you know, it's, it's time, right? Like, it, they're having right. those really hard conversations mm. about, we can't take care of you anymore. We want a little bit of our retirement life. We need to do these things. And whether it was transportation, care, um, just having to, you know, encourage and, and help her on the daily. Yes. I mean, it's so hard. You know, yes. you, you live this situation. Yeah, yeah we transport over 100 clients every day to and from the program. We have about 30 vans, uh, wheelchair vans, um, regular vans, where uh, both, you know, ambulatory and non-ambulatory clients that we pick up, whether it's at their group home, their home, we bring them, they may come into here, Riverside, they may go to a workplace. Um, some of our clients actually are without walls clients, and so uh, they actually stay right in their communities and a staff goes to them. But for the most part, we transport everyone um, to their jobs, to their to and from their homes, and it's a massive um, undertaking to... But we, if you didn't... From Springfield you, to you Greenfield. You probably would only have about 10 clients that could actually get they to need you transportation. in East Hampton. Right. I mean... Right? Especially when you look at Western Mass, it's, you know, we are hill towns, we're very rural. Uh, it's, it's difficult 
right, to navigate around here. And so transportation is a key of getting people into the programs and providing the services that they're eligible for and that, you know, they like taking advantage of. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely essential. The gas prices, though, I must say, mm. we're not enjoying those. So I will do a plug. We ordered two hybrid vans for the first. So we're really looking at, um, I'm a big sustainability fan, and the hybrid vans uh, will be coming in. And we're also looking at potentially doing a solar field on our um, roof area. Yeah, um, that's amazing. And so things like that, you know, gas, vans, mm -hmm. are those covered? Are those fundraising things? I mean, what, you know, where are you getting your funds from and, and what's on the horizon for totally. sponsorship and events? Totally. Individual philanthropy covers covers a lot of that. I mean, gifts, gifts to Riverside uh, truly impact every client, every program, you know, puts gas in the vans provides the specialized equipment that our staff use when they uh, move clients around within the spaces, special training programs, um, so that, you know, we've got the right education and skills we need. Um, yeah, there, there's a lot on the horizon. I, I would say if you think about individual levers that we can pull as sources of revenue, there's one that I think that we're really going to lean heavily into as we move into the next year, the next couple of years, and that's philanthropy. Um, It'll happen through special events. I know the uh, the Riverside auction is a popular one. It's a big uh, one. We'll, it's a big one. You'll see more of that hopefully <laughs> um, in the in the springtime, early summer. Uh, and and I think you know there's going to be other opportunities for for larger fundraising um, campaigns, initiatives, um, and and really leaning heavily on the uh, individual and corporate relationships that we've maintained for the past 55 years. Um, you know, our, our, like I said earlier, our work is too important not to. We, we have to advance this organization and this mission. And I truly believe that philanthropy is the way that we do that. And we enjoy a wonderful uh, support from our community. Yeah, you have a lot of really great sponsors and individuals and businesses that support you throughout the year. So that's great. Yeah, I'm very thankful to, for that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the event too. Um, I was just telling another nonprofit about your table closings and sponsorship of your <laughs> auction items and things like that. So um, I saw Mayor Mike the other day, um, old Mayor Mike, and I was like, right, is your raspberry vodka going to be at the um, Riverside <laughs> auction? Anyway, Make so let's hope so. Yeah, Mayor Mike, yep, get, get that vodka. Um, <laughs> okay. Anyway, so we're here. It's the end. My friends, um, Lynn and Marcus from Riverside Industries, it's been really lovely talking to you both. I appreciate you making the time for this and doing the work that you do in our community. Um, and I'd also like to thank the sponsors of this show, Greenfield Savings Bank, who is my employer. We have 10 branches throughout Franklin and Hampshire County, and um, we've been around for 153 years. Totally love GSB. And Tom Mascheco is our new CEO. So if you haven't met him, you should. And also Business West, George O'Brien and his team, giving us all sorts of good information up and down the valley um, throughout the four counties. Um, he also has a radio show, so you should check that out. Thank you, George. Thank you, Monty. Thank you, Lynn. Thank you, Marcus. This is Tara Brewster signing off from the Western Mass Business Show.